This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Button. You're not recording us yet, are you? Oh, yeah. All right. See? See, look. Working. By magic. It, it is magic. You know why it's magic? It's magical because it's Father's Day. What? Okay. So we're getting right into it. Uh, well, I'm just... It's just diving right in. I'm preparing. I'm mentally preparing our audience that this episode will be a special Father's Day episode in honor of dads everywhere. <laughs> just going to talk about one song for... For an hour and a half. No, you. I know you have some good dad songs. I guess so. Because you are a good dad. Yes. And you love music. And I assume that since Mother's Day was a big, you know, we, you did some good mom music stuff. You have some great dad stuff, I'm assuming. I, indeed, I do. Yeah. Of course. So. Welcome. To what difference does it make? Yes, indeed. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Dave. Uh, yeah. So, uh, happy Father's Day. Do you do any, uh, what, what do you do for your father or your, uh, or my your husband who's a father? Yeah. My, my RE. The family. What does the family do on Father's Day? We do. I think we do a lot of eating because both my RE and my dad like to eat. Is it, so, uh, Brent's? We probably won't do Brent's this year. It has been Brent's many times in the past, but, uh, I, I leave it to them. And, you know, my dad always says whatever, whatever your RE wants. Uh-huh. Fifties and call him that. So I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to consult them. It is. We're gonna. It's here already. Let's get started. Right. Come on. You're right. <laughs> you got to get let on. Me, the let ball. me text him and find out. You got to prepare. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you consulting the infatuation for a Father's Day meal? I consult uh, my wife and my family, and they take me to a place that uh, is appropriate for everybody. So, for example, I I don't know. Do you do it with your dad or do you do one oh, yeah. separate, you and then? Yeah, my dad will be there and we'll eat food and <laughs> we will talk and we will laugh and and that will be, uh, that will be Father's our Day. Father's Day. How do these, how do these, these holidays get to be about eating, all about eating? Well, it's all about eating, you know that. Everything is always about eating, I know. <laughs> it's like, what was the Jewish thing? It's like, we were oppressed, we got free, let's celebrate, let's eat. <laughs> Well, that makes Something sense. Like that. Yeah, it's, it always ends yeah. with let's eat. Yeah. You know, funeral. It doesn't matter what it is. Funeral. Yes. Let's eat. It's true. We're sad. Let's eat. Yeah, so you so, looked like you were going to say something. What were you going to? Were you going <laughs> to? I wasn't going to say anything. I have no idea what uh, Father's Day will bring, but I'm sure it'll bring uh, some some good times. Lots of happiness. Usually, we end up at the beach. Ah, oh, it's a very good place to celebrate Father's Day. It is June. It's summertime. Yeah. Summertime will be uh, officially like five days away or something like that. Yeah, it's so, June twentieth. Hopefully not June gloom. It will be June gloom, but we, uh, because of, uh, you know, my dad wakes up early, so we have to, uh, <laughs> we have to get moving early so we can leave. Let's get here so we can leave. So you could fit two meals in, probably. If he gets up early, mm-hmm. you could do a, you could do Father's Day brunch, and then you could do Father's Day. That is usually what happens. Yeah, yeah, we will eat, we will pack everything up, we will separate and go our different ways, and then uh, we will come home and like, what's what's to eat? And eat then again. like, oh, okay, let's have. <laughs> We got leftovers. Let's have some more. Happy Father's Day. Well, thank you. Very I hope n- you eat something good. I, I do. 
And some dessert. Some dessert because, sure, you know. It's always, yes, always got to be chocolate or something. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it, always. Good. Father's well, Day is, I, and I always wear the same shirt, which uh, my wife made when the kids were young. She put this iron-on um, decal of the kids. I think they're on the uh, the teacups or, or at Disneyland. Um, but she put it on. Um, she she ironed on the decal backwards, so it's still to the, it's backward. I can only see it when I look in the mirror, so <laughs> I, the way it's supposed to look. But I still have it to this day, of course. So I always wear it. I always put that on. That's so cute. But how do you tell if the picture is backwards? It's uh, there. Like words are backwards. It's just other oh, cl- words it's, on it. It's clearly backwards. Okay, that's or, great. Or, that's uh, brilliant. She probably did it on purpose. Of course, because it's only for me, and I can only see it in the mirror. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's, I have, I've got, yeah, I've got two shirts. I got that shirt and a Dodgers 94, like most, most valuable dad shirt from, that says 94, which is funny. And actually in 94, that was the strike year. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't the best year for baseball, but, uh, but I still have that shirt to this day. But you'll always remember. And I'll always remember that. Yeah. yeah so I kind of, uh, I alternate the Father's Day shirts on that day. Morning and afternoon exactly yes (laughs) one for the beach and one for uh, eating afterwards one for the big celebration the big fancy celebration yes never a big fancy celebration very simple yeah that's not what dads require (laughs) not at all all right um well let's talk dads and uh father's day and music and um you're don't covering look. Up. I can't see i'm it's so far away i can't see your writing okay well since you're the dad you're going to start this week I'm starting off this week? Yeah, because I only have a dad. All right. Well, I mean, I, I have a dad, but you are a dad and you have a dad, so therefore you get to go first. It's funny in that most of these songs, as I was looking at, a, a lot of them have to do with comedy because oh. my dad kind of shaped my weird sense of humor. So his humor, your humor is like his? Yes, things that he found funny, you know, I gravitated towards. Yeah, and that, that kind of like set the Ooh, had the it. roots planted for for future uh yeah for my future of what uh, what I find uh, appealing which like, is often weird and askew quirky. And just yes quirky stuff I right, take it away let's hear what song one uh well the funny thing is if i said this song to my dad he probably wouldn't recognize the title or the name of the artist but we used to, as I think I've mentioned to you, we listened to country radio back in the seventies. My my parents loved country radio, and so we listened to the country radio station. Um, KLAC. Uh, it probably was. It's probably a, yeah. It's probably yeah. AM. Yeah. 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 It must have been. All right. Yeah. So um, I'm so curious. What's the song? <laughs> so <laughs> tying together comedy and country music, there was this one song. Um, the artist is David Allen Cole, and the song is called You Never Called Me By My Name. And my dad will, is probably going, I don't remember this song. But Yet he, you're attributing it to him. For sure. And uh, it was from 1975 and written by Steve Goodman. He wrote The City of New Orleans. I think you know that song. Uh, I think it was also written, co-written by, with, by John Prine. You probably know him. Oh. Yeah, Angels of Montgomery, okay. Sam Stone, stuff like that. Uh, this hit number eight on the country charts. The reason it's so memorable is David Allen Cole does sings this song. It's kind of like a, an ode to um, uh, to Waylon Jennings, and, and just he's kind of an outlaw, and he's an outlier in Nashville. He's not very happy with the Nashville scene. The song kind of touches on that in the uh, in the first few verses. 
then he speaks this uh, the second part. Well, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song, and he told me it was the perfect country and western song. I wrote him back a letter, and I told him it was not the perfect country and western song because he hadn't said anything at all about mama or trains or trucks or prisons or getting drunk. Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song, and he sent it to me. And after reading it, I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song. And I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before in the pickup truck She got robbed over by a damned old train <laughs> Very good. So, very clever, very funny. I can see why he might like that. Yeah, so anyway, that was a song that whenever it came up, my dad just went nuts. And of course... That I picked up on that. I'm like, oh, there's, there's something here. My dad likes this. This is funny, <laughs> you know, to my uh, nine-year-old brain. This is okay. <laughs> this so, is a thing. <laughs> did you get the lyrics of the song, or was it more funny just to hear your dad laughing? Uh, a little both. I think. Well, initially, of course, it was my dad just laughing about this song, and then you know, and I think I eventually picked up on like, oh, okay, being drunk, going to prayer. This is a country song. <laughs> yes. I mean, we had heard a lot of. Yeah, my parents listen to country a lot, yeah. so I I was kind of learning about what a, what makes a country and western song. And of course, this was yes. something that was very helpful. Those have all the elements. That's yeah. what, that's like the blueprint to writing a country song. Yes, <laughs> indeed it is. So uh, yeah, so shout out to David Allen Cole and Steve Goodman and John Prine who put this song together and helped shape up my shape my my uh, outlook on on comedy and I music. Love it. All right, what do you, what else you got? What do you got? What what's your first song? Well. As you know, my parents, both my parents, and sometimes it's hard to separate because their love of music and they always, they love a lot of the same music. So uh, attributing songs to my mom and attributing to the, my, to my dad, there's sort of a, a, you know, a fine line, a blurred line, I should say. This is the very first song that came to, that jumped to my mind when we decided we were going to do Father's Day. This is uh, Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. Oh, nice. Yes. Because my dad is a gambler mm-hmm. and he loves Kenny Rogers. And he loves songs that tell, you know, as we've talked about, you know, we talked about Gordon Lightfoot and, and mm-hmm. artists that tell stories. And Kenny Rogers tells a great story. For sure. And the song just, it's not a sad song in any way, but this song is so powerful. When I hear it now, I and I have it on a lot of my own playlists because mm-hmm. I, I love the song myself. I'm pretty sure I love it as a standalone song and not just because my dad loves it. It actually, sometimes I get teary-eyed listening to it, whether it's the, the remembering it from my childhood or I'm not sure what it is, but mm-hmm. it's it's a very uh, sentimental. Yeah. But it's a great song. It's a, you know the song. Of you course, know the, yeah. yeah. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep, because every hand's a winner. 
And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he'd finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out a cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler, he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got no when to hold them No when to fold them No when to walk away And no when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting The story's great. It's from 1978, by the way, from the, from the Gambler. And it got to number 16 here, which is really nice to hear. I didn't, you know. Well, yeah, I, again, in this, I mean, that was... Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, yeah, the, you know these these country artists were crossing over, and yep. these were it was huge. Country yeah. was huge back then, and well, it's still huge. Kenny Rogers' uh, <laughs> songs are, are are brilliant, and and this yeah, it still it still holds up today. I think it does. This song actually won he won a Grammy for best male country vocal performance, and the the writer of the song Don Schlitz he won for the best country song. Uh, Kenny Rogers, <laughs> which I did not know this. Performed it on uh, an episode of The Muppet Show. Of course. Mm-hmm. Does your dad still play? My dad gambles. Yeah. My, does he? Is he a gambler? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, we go to Vegas together. He and I do. Is he a big time? Because my dad, he has a weekly poker game. Mm. Maybe once or twice a week he plays. Really? Yes. But it's small, small stakes. So he will say, hey, I, I won three big ones today. Meaning three dollars? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, of course, I always say, "What three hundred bucks? You lost three hundred bucks. You won three hundred bucks. That's great." Yeah, no, uh, it's just it's fun. I mean, he's yeah. not high, you know, super high stakes, and he doesn't play. He doesn't have a regular card game anymore. He did when I was younger, but he loves Vegas. He plays, you know, right. he plays poker machines, blackjack, roulette, horses. He bets right? on horses at home. Yeah. Okay, we're having some fun talking Father's Day, but we need to earn a little bit of money for our dad. So why don't we take a break? Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, (laughs) oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our special classic Father's Day episode. You give me another one. Let me let me let me in a little more about your dad. All right. Well, we're talking Vegas. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, my connection dad, here a little bit. Well, this is what my dad loves. Pat's Domino. He introduced. I I think I had mentioned something like oh, I hate the start of the you know probably same age eight nine like oh I hate the start of the week you know I gotta gotta go to school blah, blah, blah. I was like oh if I got a song for you. And he played, he like went to his, I think he actually, he, he bought the, this Fats Domino Greatest Hits and played me Blue Monday. Oh. Like, yeah, that's, that's you, you got, it's Blue Monday. You have a Blue. <laughs> a not, Fats Domino. Yes, not the new order. Song. Yeah. <laughs> Blue Monday, how are you? told me once that I think we used to go to when we were kids uh, when I was a kid and you know of course my sister were young my parents took us out to Vegas all the time and just kind of left us in the room while or either in the room or or somewhere else like you know like this you know like a playroom at the hotel 
Didn't you get it? We got a roll of t- a $10 roll of quarters to play at Circus Circus while they went off gambling. Yeah, that happened a lot. Yeah. But I think my dad, I don't know how late we were. I mean, I, I actually, I remember one time we, I think we were out like till like in this playroom at, at the, at a hotel for, till like three or four in the morning or something <laughs> like that. They, it's just crazy. It's a 24 hour city, Vegas. It is. But I think my dad left us in the room once because he wanted to see Fats Domino and he had like a, he had like a three thirty in the morning show or something like that. You know, back in There's the seventies. There's no 70s, clocks in Vegas. There's no, no clocks, no sense of time. I don't think they do this anymore. Maybe they do, but you know, like have no. like a, like a three thirty show. Mm-mm. Yeah. Cause I know Elvis used to do that too. Then that must have been like a thing in the sixties or seventies. Like, you know, yeah, I think he went by himself. If I remember correctly, because my, my mom was sleeping. He's like, I have to see Fats Domino. And he. That's awesome. So he went to go see Fats Domino, Fats Domino at, at some place in Vegas, you know, the, the Stardust or the Sands. We or used whatever. to stay there too at the Stardust. <laughs> Who knows? I think, yeah, his favorite hotel was the Sands. And we used to, we used to go it's like there. Like Sammy Davis Jr. And, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I still have a, uh, a coaster of like the Rat Pack in front of Sands Hotel. Not but, an ashtray know. stolen from the room? No. <laughs> But that was the hotel we always went to. The Sands. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Because of him, I know Fats Domino, you know, when Cheap Trick did Ain't That a Shame, I knew, yeah. of course, that's a Fats Domino song. I was, so I became, Ahead of your time. I, I was aware of uh, of the fat man. It had a huge influence on my dad. And he loves yeah. that. That's, you know, it's bluesy. It's Cajun. It's New fun. Orleans. 50s rock and roll. Yeah. Good stuff. So there you go. Should have taken you to go, taken you with him. I am, yes, I I will. Uh, my dad's riddled with guilt. If I told him that, he would say, "Oh, sorry." He would I just, never did that. We'll I'm have to sorry, go now. I never took you to see Fats. <laughs> All right, handing the ball off to you. All right, my parents were huge Eagles fans. Yes, and I'm attributing different songs to them, even though the the taste is this, you know, the same. The Eagles or the Eagles, but there are there actually is a particular song that reminds me of my dad, and it's the Last Resort. From Hotel California. Yes. Yes. The last song. Yes. Okay. It is. You know the song. You know what the song is about. My my dad, yeah. my parents were big on lyrics. Yes. Which, you know, I'm not. Yes. I love lyrics. I love and, and appreciate lyrics, but mm-hmm. it's not the first thing I hear when I listen to a song. But do you know what The Last Resort is about? Please do tell. <laughs> People from the eastern United States ruined the West early on. They killed the Native Americans, and the more West America goes, the more commercial it gets. That's a, that's a quote. I mean, this is a Don Henley quote. But it was really about the killing off of the of the Native Americans. I did not know that when I was grown, when you know, when I was young, and I heard this song. This song is from Hotel California. It was nineteen seventy six. Yes. So I wasn't really aware at the time. But as we got older and we discussed music more, mm-hmm. and my dad's a he, you know, my dad's a history buff anyway. Okay, um, so that's what that's what his why it yeah why to this him. song yeah I mean he loves the Eagles period, but this song I associate with him. Yes, mm-hmm. he sort of taught me, taught me, helped teach me a history lesson. History buff. Yeah. I cry a lot, which you probably know. I cry a lot, but this song is actually, I mean, this song is sad in itself. I picked up on that. <laughs> I'm a little emotional. When the chilly winds blew down across the desert, through the canyons of the coast, to the Malibu. The pretty people play Hungry for power To light their neon way Give them things to do 
Don Henley says it's one of his, this was in, of course, an 87 interview, so it was a long time ago, and he's written a lot of music since then, but he said it's still one of his favorite songs. He says, because he cares more about the environment than about writing songs about drugs or love affairs or excesses of any kind. The gist of the song is that when we find something good, we destroy it by our presence, by the very fact that man is the only animal on earth that is capable of destroying his environment. The environment is the reason I got into politics. So to try and do something about what I saw as the complete destruction of most of the resources that we have left, that we have mortgaged our future for gain and greed. Boy, that sounds like Don Henley. <laughs> it does indeed. So there we go. All so, right, so the last resort. The, so la- the last resort, yes, means a lot. It does. So uh, what, do you, what do you have? You're, you're pretty varied. Your a dad is pretty varied. All right. So there's this game that's going on Twitter right now of um, one concert I did not see. Let me set it up this way. Here's something you might not know about me when I was a kid. I won a lot of radio contests. <laughs> I did not know this. I would listen to 64KFI and 93KHJ, and they would need the 20th caller, and I would call. Yeah, you know, we all did that. The, yeah. yeah. 520. What, KRTH. KRTH, yeah, KRTH, or uh, 60, I can't even remember what the 64KFI, whatever that one was. Um, so anyway, I would call, and of course, it all costs money too, mm-hmm. you know. Like if they picked up the phone and said, "Caller ten, toll call, sixteen cents, right there." <laughs> yeah, but worth it depending on what you won. Yes. So, so yeah. I did win a lot of con. Uh, I I I got to see concerts, some of my first concerts, and my dad took me to all of these shows. Whoa! Yes. So he took me to a number of shows. I'm going to. I'm. <laughs> I'll list you. He took me to all of these shows except for one, and let's see if you can. If you okay. can name the, the show I did not see. And these were all radio contests. Okay. So I did not see one of these bands. Seals and Crofts, Foreigner, The Carpenters, ELO, Pointer Sisters. So I'm guessing you didn't win ELO tickets. I don't know. You tell me. Which? What do you think? Which? Because no, which, which I know you've seen ELO. Okay. So you can cross that off the list. Okay. Because I've seen ELO. Okay. Did you You win? know that? Yes. Because, yes, your RE was at that show too. Yes. Foreigner. That is incorrect. My dad took me to see Foreigner's Double Vision Tour. Whoa. <laughs> you won those tickets? At, at the Forum with Walter Egan opening up. Whoa. Yes. Magnet and Steel. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> you remember that. Okay. Well, who, what was the, who was first on the list? Who else did I say? Uh, well, let's see. So we've, uh, it's either Seals and Crafts, The Carpenters, or Pointer Sisters. One of these bands, artists, I did not see. The others I saw with my dad because I won the contest. Carpenters? That is correct. I did not see the Carpenters. Oh. But I did see Seals and Croft at at the Greek Theater. And I saw the Pointer Sisters at the Santa Monica Civic, I'd like to believe. Wow. Okay, that is so cool. So, okay, when you win these tickets, did you you win good seats? These were, uh, I remember we were to the side of the stage for Foreigner. Wasn't too bad. We were, yeah, I don't think we were that high. I think it was, I mean, what do I know? Back then, I'm just curious. I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, I could just, yeah, it was, we were there. The uh, ELO was general admission, 
as was the Pointer Sisters. So we were, but we had, I think, remember we were sitting. Um, so I mean, they were fine seats. Okay. They did okay. That's really uh, rem- cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah, ELO was my fir- the first concert I went to, and I also won the tickets because my dad, this was my first contest winning. My dad said, yeah, Dave, if you win tickets, I will take you, meaning there is no chance in hell you're going to win tickets yeah. to this. And I did. You and, had the touch. And he did take me. And we lasted, I mean, we, we were, we got there early. I think that's why my dad, let's go to the show so we can leave. You know, he was like, let's go there so we can leave immediately. Get it over with. So we got there early and we were there for, you know, I, I don't know how long we were there, but like five songs into the yellow show, he's like, okay, let's go. <gasps> and so we got up and like, okay. So we got up and left and we were, we got lost in the parking lot, could not find. So I got to hear most of the show in the parking lot. Because we couldn't find the car. Yeah. Was this seventy six? Was this nineteen seventy six? No, it was uh, the out of the blue would be seventy eight. Does my Ari know that these were the circumstances under which you went to that show? I don't know. That's a very I I have yeah. no idea. Yes, it's true. And so, what are you going to say? These days, our kids would fight if we said yeah. to our kids, "Okay, we're leaving after five songs." Our kid would our kids well, would probably yeah. say, "Yeah, no." Like, like, I, like I've told you, my dad's riddled with guilt, so I yeah. oh, constantly remind him of these things. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so he stays to the end of Dodger games now. You know, whenever we go to yeah. guys, like, he will stay till the end. You're just worried about parking and getting out yeah. of the of the situation. Well, that's a dad thing. Oh, it was totally a dad thing. Yeah, but it was, you know, Journey opened up for that at that show. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to see all of Journey, and I got to see, like, five songs of ELO. <laughs> Wait, so did you just pick a song for this? Oh, uh, well, like Mr. Blue Sky. I mean, oh. you know, it's just so it was something ELO. from... Uh, so ELO was your... Yeah, this so reminds the, you of your dad. Yeah, just out of the blue was the album. Yeah. Just a memorable experience. Guy in, uh, you know, some guy in the in the rows in front of us was like, "Hey man, you got any papers?" <laughs> and my dad whispering to, me, "Do you know what he means by papers?" I'm like, no. you know, I, I nodded. Did your yes. dad know? Well, yeah, my dad knew. Okay, and I can kind of, I mean, I smelled this weird smoke. I knew it was something different than cigarettes smoke. Had a vague clue <laughs> what was going on. It was fun. My first rock and roll experience. That's an uh, that is a f- and to share it with your dad. That's great. Does he? Do you think he remembers it the same way as you? Totally. Because yeah. yeah, we'll bring it up once in a while. That's great. <laughs> okay, what do you got? All right, I'm doing a, a mine's a two for one. Okay, and you can do that. Funny. This, you know, there's no particular stories behind behind most of my songs. They ju- these are just songs that remind me of my dad in particular. Because so my parents were Stone Stones fans, Rolling mm-hmm. Stones. But these songs, whether it was a just a time in my life, and again, not knowing what these songs were about, I'm picking two songs. 
Mother's Little Helper, which mm-hmm. I had no idea what that was about at the time. I don't even think I knew until I was an adult, like way into adulthood, and mm-hmm. Ruby Tuesday. Oh, nice. But the album my parents had was was a Greatest Hits, which I also didn't know at the time. I probably didn't even know what a Greatest Hits was at the time, but through the past darkly, you know that. <laughs> of course. It, and it was a shape, you know, a funky shape. It was blue. I can totally yes. picture the record, you know, know, the album. Well. And so that's what I thought these songs were from. But as it turns out, <laughs> Mother's Little Helper was from Aftermath. Okay. Ruby Tuesday right. was from Between the right. Buttons. Okay. And this was 1966 and 67, so they were putting out records like every year. At the time? Uh, back then, it was two a, two a year. Knocking them out. Because songs were, what, two minutes? Yeah. Three minutes. Yeah, I mean, albums well, albums were yeah albums were 30 minutes long. In, in the early 60s, up to like six, up yeah. until Sgt. Pepper, you put out an album, at least an album, maybe two a year. Because rock and roll was dying. And you, <laughs> you, had, you had to keep to it keep, going. You had to keep this, this engine moving along. And so the record company was, come on, pump these out. Just so crazy when you think about that now, how often you could go, you know, years between artists putting out records. Oh, indeed. Yeah, we records. Were just, we were just talking about Vampire Weekend, who hadn't put out an album in six years. Six, yeah. It's yeah. craziness. All right. Yeah. So Rolling Stones will forever remind me of my parents and Mother's Little Helper and Ruby <laughs> Tuesday. I swear to you, Mother's Little Helper... I shouldn't even be saying this in a public forum. I think I'm. It, I think it might have been my re me, you know, belting it out once and him, you know, laughing, going, you know, this song is about. Mm-hmm. And remember, we've known each other for thirty years, but uh, I never really paid attention. Mm-hmm. So. What a drag it is getting old. different today I hear every mother say Mother needs something today to calm her down And though she's not really ill, there's a little yellow pill She goes running for the shelter of her mother's little helper And it helps her on her way Gets her through her busy day Things are different Yeah, so I, I told you I was a, I, I won a lot of radio contests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On 64 KFI, uh, they had a contest where you could pick one artist and you would win their entire album catalog. I even remember these contests. And okay. I won and I chose the Rolling Stones. <gasps> Good choice. What, what? My dad was upset that I did not pick the Beatles. I was like, well, oh. Rolling Stones have more records. <laughs> and that's what we're thinking of in terms of quantity. Yeah, something like that. But I'm so yeah. glad I did that. You know, it brought me up to date. Like, I'm very familiar with the, with the Rolling Stones' entire catalog because of that. Do you still have them? Oh, yeah, I got them all. Up to, uh, it was, I uh, went them up wow. to uh, Emotional Rescue. Oh, that's amazing. Right. Wow. Yes. So, wow, you yeah. have the touch. You have the, the I, Midas touch. I know, well, I was dedicated because I knew... Like the the, what, time, the algorithm when, when the well sort of because I mean they always had the contest at at a certain time it was like yeah. between you know 
between the 35 and 45. You know, it was like this, yes. this small little window when they always get, had the contest. So that's when I tuned in, and it was always by the phone, and it was always dialed. You had to dial the, this number. Yeah. And then you heard that there was always clicking because it was yep. long distance. You heard, and then you would wait, and then you would get a busy signal, and then you'd have to hang up and, you know, do that dial yeah. again. And uh, yeah, so I kind of learned how to like the timing yeah. of it. All. Well, <laughs> yeah. I entered them all too, but it, the dialing, there's no accounting for the time it takes to dial. And, you know, right. It was just, yeah, it's craziness, yeah. but I, I was very fortunate and I, I won a lot of well, the number of these contests. Oh, so you're familiar with uh, Between the Buttons and Aftermath? Yes. Not yeah. just through the past Darkly. Is that considered yeah. catalog since it's a... a no, I, I, I know the shape because I have that, uh, you know. It's like a that, hexagon or something. A, yeah, it's a hexagon. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Good. That's a good record. Yeah. There are, yes, yeah, it was. There, there were a lot of it's, good records. But yeah, I, because I had so much time on my hands, I could listen to all these albums and enjoy, I, you know, listen to them numerous times yeah. and became familiar with, with the entire Stones catalog. Oh, very good. Up to that point. Yeah. Very good. Hopefully now we'll be lucky enough to see the Stones play. Yes. Jagger's now that we dance, know Mick Jagger's healthy. Jagger's <laughs> dancing around. It's great. Yeah. That's makes me happy and i, I probably <laughs> now that i see that i might want to go see them one more one more time why not as long as it's not at the rose bowl yeah i did take my daughters to see the stones we went to uh we saw them in san diego did. And we went to san diego it was like a memorial weekend and uh we traveled down to san diego spent the night there and then um and then saw the stones it was it was fun i mean my girls kind of got a kick out of it yeah it's one of those where you can kind of check that off your list yeah that's a good 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 call yeah did you go to a padres game also no we did not no it was just uh yeah it was it was a san diego weekend centered around the stones and that's it (laughs) all right well good 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 on you for exposing them to it Paul McCartney, they've seen the Stones and Prince. Those are the and and actually this year I'm going to take my dad to see Paul McCartney. Oh yay! He's never seen Paul McCartney. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that you're a good son. Well, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to the quiz deck. Oh, I love the quiz deck. The 1980s rock and roll quiz deck. Dave, you are going to pick. All right. It's and e- I'm going to read you a question that you will be able to answer just by looking at my face. It's either. The Pesh Mode or The Cure or Pretenders. That seems to be what I always get. <laughs> the running theme. All right. Here we go. All right. No cheating beforehand. Well, you'd want to know which side is the question and which side is the answer. The red is the question. Oh, brother. Okay. Oh, bro- one sentence. I, <laughs> I say that. That's the running, the running theme is I will read you one, not even a full sentence, and you're going to know the answer. Okay. Okay. Propelled by the number one singles, Photograph and Rock of Ages. Uh-huh. The 1983 <laughs> album Pyromania by, by Def Leppard. <laughs> by English hard rock band Def Leppard went to number two on the U.S. album charts and sold six million copies. Correct. Two years later, tragedy <laughs> struck the band. What happened? What happened? Um, someone, I believe, was he drunk? Rick Allen? Do you, uh, we don't know for sure. I know we've discussed this before. We do not know. I don't know if it's confirmed. I've heard yes, but it does not. Was it his left or right arm that he lost? I can't. Left arm. It was his left arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah, Rick Allen. And what was what year was this? This was oh, 1984. 1984. That, yeah, right. Uh, right in the thick of it. God. After the success of Pyromania, Def Leppard had begun working on their next album when drummer Rick Allen lost control of his Corvette on New Year's Eve, 1984 and crashed into a wall, losing his left arm in the accident. 
it what in what must have been one of the most amazing comebacks in rock history, indeed. Alan, with a lot of practice and the help of a custom designed electric of custom designed electric drums, returned to play with the band at the 1986 Monsters of Rock Festival in Donington, England. Together again, the band then recorded 1987's. Uh, Historia, his, hyster, hysteria, hysteria, with the hits, <laughs> pour some sugar on me and love oh, bites. Oh, okay, yeah, which became their most successful album, hitting number one on the album charts and selling over 15 million copies, which places it at number 50 on the U.S. list of best-selling albums of all time. Yeah, it was inescapable. You remember when it happened and the the tragedy that it was, and how awful and how. Oh, it could have been a lot worse for him. But that but, is incredible but, right, to survive that and to lose an arm and then. You know, going think, to have think, your biggest thinking everything is done is done, and then but not giving up. I mean, that's yeah. uh, it's a great story. Yeah, craziness, incredible. So yeah, I, and now we can. Uh, or we've been talking about seeing them in Vegas. Yes, I've okay. Th- we, back, we should back in the eighties. I was not a fan of Def Leppard. I you know I was not a hair metal fan at all. Or I, I don't. I guess you would call them hair metal, but hair they, band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was pop metal. It was, Everyone loved it, and I, I mean, I. But of course, as you get older, you're these songs endure, and like, yeah, the, these songs yeah. have something to them. And so I'm now I'm now I'm intrigued, and I'd love to I'd love to see the band. Yeah, so. actually, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do the tour, the Aerosmith, Def Leppard, Janet Jackson tour. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna, I want to go back on that though. For I'm not sure if I would if I would call Def Leppard a hair band because they really are a rock band. Yeah. No, you think of uh, mm. of L.A. bands like Poison and Motley Crue. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. But but Def Leppard was a real rock. I mean, they were all real rock bands. But I wouldn't. I, I don't think I would put them as no, in nothing, hair band. Yeah. I mean, you you think of bands that put on makeup on their faces, yeah. and it was kind of a, a look. And Def Leppard was not that. No, they weren't that. Yeah. They were more Aerosmith leading. Yeah, '80s Aerosmith leaning than uh, than Molly Crew leaning, and Poison and yeah, which have their place in rock history, <laughs> as they do. <laughs> we can place them in rock history. Yes, <laughs> as the dirt has you. You did see the dirt. I saw the dirt. You you should see it because you should see it. It's cheesy, but it was fun and a little painful to watch. In that you know because it is the history. Yeah, yeah, they have a and crazy history. It is. Can't, well, you can't even imagine this stuff happening today. I'm, I'm imagining putting this film in front of our kids, our girls, yeah. thinking, what the hell? How did anybody, how did anybody behave this way? I mean, the girls and the guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. There so, you go. <laughs> Parting some Mother's Day uh, <laughs> advice on Father's Day. Her, her, her power. There you go. So until then, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side 
of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.